listening to the Sit Down Standout Show, the podcast where people with all abilities and challenges can stand out from the rest, even if they've got to sit down to do it. I'm Ben and Dykstra, the Rolling Dragon, and it's time for this show to take flight. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Sit Down Standout Show the podcast where people with all abilities and challenges have a chance to stand out from the rest, even if they have to sit down to do it. Excuse me, the whole thought of uh, doing interviews is getting me a little giddy today, but that's of course because I have a wonderful guest with me. Now, she has not only been instrumental in my training as a broadcaster, but she has been influential in the lives of so many others. She is an author, a former special ed teacher, and the creator and founder of the Connect for Life organization and Voices for Ability Radio, Melanie Tadio Malo. How are you doing, Melanie? I'm great, Ben. I'm impressed. Are you even practicing the Malo? <laughs> well, quite frankly, I wasn't sure because I wanted to get the right click. Yeah, no, well done. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to see you again. It's been yes. a while. Now, you, I've read your uh, sheet that your staff have filled out regarding your interest in being on the show, and what I learned is that you unfortunately became blind at a very young age as a result of an unfortunate stroke. Now, what would you say was the most difficult part of the adjustment process for that? Because when we're that age, usually that's the time where we all think we're seemingly invincible. Yes, and you nailed it, Ben. So I suffered a massive stroke at the age of 21 in my fourth year university, where I was studying visual art. So uh, my life was turned upside down. I was left completely paralyzed on the left side and legally blind. And I was patted on the head and said, it's okay, you're disabled, you can stay home now. Well, I had a whole other plan in mind at 21, the entire life ahead of me. I had my dream to be a teacher was at the forefront. And then, of course, studying visual art, I thought I was going to be a rich artist, be able to sell my artwork. Well, I found myself having to learn to walk and talk and feed myself again. So starting all the, back, all the way back to childhood. But in the back of my mind, as I went through the endless physiotherapist and the occupational therapist and the speech therapist, all those fun people that I got to know very well, I had this burning desire. I, I discovered it was my resilience, but then I didn't know what it was. My family has always said I'm stubborn. I like to say determined. It sounds a much, much nicer, don't you think? Oh, yes. <laughs> and I knew that I was going to accomplish my dreams despite the challenges I had faced. So I did just that. But the hardest thing, I think, was the adjustment to losing my eyesight more than anything, because I was a visual artist. Everything I had done to that point was visual so having to adapt to a world of darkness for me at that time was life-changing. Right. I can certainly imagine that considering you wanting to be a visual artist, focusing your whole life on that one sense, and then poof, it's gone. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, this is something that cannot be fixed. You've got it for life, just That's like true. I have my cerebral palsy. But when did you realize that losing your sight and having some paralysis on one side of your body, although it was a life sentence, it was not a death sentence for you. Yes. You know, it took me a number of years until I started to come to the full term of acceptance. What I realized is that despite not being able to see, 
I still had vision. What I mean is that inner vision. And I knew that I was destined to do great things. I just had to be creative and think outside of the box to come up with new ways to do things. So yes, I have a disability and yes, it's not going away, but I could get creative and innovative and try new things that would work for me. And honestly, Ben, I can now say this was the best thing that's ever happened to me because I've met so many amazing people and I've seen so many unique experiences and felt so many different things that I don't think I otherwise would have if without this situation. That is an absolutely amazing perspective. And I try to share the same sentiment because the important thing is really the journey overall. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you practice self-care? Because that's one thing I try to ask everybody, because no matter how much we are helpful to other people, we're all only human. We all need a break. Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting because as a teacher, this is something that is imperative for me to share with my students as well. At first, I was all about survival and I didn't take that time for me. Well, I thought I was. I was getting myself back to normal, whatever normal was. But I quickly realized I wasn't superhuman. I was tired and I was feeling burnt out. And really, truly, Ben, I think COVID exasperated this for me. And what I mean by that is I was go, 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 because I got to work from home. It was great. I was doing so much until I was exhausted physically, emotionally, to the point where I didn't want to do anything else. So I started to schedule self-care in my everyday, whether it's listening to my audiobook for half an hour, going for a walk, or just sitting and resting, closing my eyes for a minute or two to have some self-reflection. Scheduling it in became a practice. I meditate every evening as well. Now, just to help myself get settled after a long day. Since I've instituted this whole self-care practice, now I can practice what I preach when I tell my students about self-care. And I've noticed I have more energy. I definitely have clearer minds. And my vision of what I want to create, whether it's on podcast, another book, a project, something for the charity, has come to life. And I've moved forward so quickly. So self-care is essential. Right. It's essential to no matter what you're doing. But it's a weird mm -hmm. thing that once someone says, oh, schedule it, write it down. People say, oh, I don't want to do that. It sounds like work. <laughs> and then they don't want to do it. But then it takes them some time. They realize, you know, maybe there's something to this. Yes. Now, you wanted to at first become a visual artist. Now, mm -hmm. then once you became blind, you decided, all right. I'm going to become a special education teacher. Now, can you describe that journey? Definitely. And I definitely did not choose to be a special education teacher at the beginning. Again, my dream was to be a teacher. Still in my mind, art. I went to teacher's college initially for art. I figured, why not? I can do this. Except when I drew or painted, everything was lopsided. So I'll be doing abstract art. No. But my professors told me I'd be gone. By Christmas. And they said, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to teach. I said, watch me. But they thought it would be good that I taught students with special needs. And I was at first really offended. How dare you say I only should work with children with disabilities? That's terrible. But you know what, Ben? It was the most exhilarating and rewarding experience I've ever gone through. I worked with kindergarten students who are blind. They taught me about Braille. They, it was amazing. I, I was able to work with uh, individuals with intellectual disabilities, individuals with autism. And then I went on to 
study to teach individuals with special needs because I loved it. I felt I found my calling and that's how that came to be. The journey wasn't easy because of course there are many barriers and stigma that went with it. And in fact, after graduating as the first legally blind teacher to graduate in Ontario, nobody would hire me because of my disability. Now I know what you're thinking, Ben, that's discrimination. But back then, many moons ago, I didn't know about advocating for myself. And I just thought, well, okay, it's not meant to be. And that's when Connect for Life came to be. Right. And you also have to understand that back then, since you were the first legally blind teacher to graduate in Ontario, nobody else really knew what to do because it was so new. That's right. People Mm -hmm. go through a period of confusion when anything new pops up. (laughs) Very, very true. But since then, I think, you know, we've come a long way. And of course, we've got all the new accessibility standards. And I have become confident in my advocacy and understanding that how I can accommodate myself. I don't necessarily need others to help me in my teaching styles. And now whenever somebody asks, how can you do that? I can definitely show them and prove to them. So again, time and practice will definitely help come up with solutions. I remember saying that, or you saying that when we first met, that maybe the timing isn't right to join your program this time, but maybe another time around. But speaking, That's right, and look at this. I thing. know, but speaking of time, that's actually one thing I wanted to ask is, how do you think accessibility, regardless of the disability that someone might have, has improved in today's world versus, I don't know, last couple of decades? Hey, my fellow standouts, it's the Rolling Dragon, Ben and Dykstra, here to ask you a couple of questions as we've reached the halfway point in our program. Has life thrown you a curveball? Have you lived with what many people would consider unfortunate circumstances or unique challenges? How have you turned them around into something positive for yourself and for others? Is it your time to stand out from the rest? Well then... Register as a guest at www.rollingdragonmedia.com and get ready to stand out from the rest. And now, for the rest of our story. For me, I lost my eyesight 27 years ago, so this is a great question. Back then, I talked to the Stone Ages, (laughs) the computers were old school, and we only had one option, and that was JAWS. There was no smartphones that talked to you, so the accessibility in the equipment and technology we use has come a great way. But also when you look at the built environment, there was never any ramps or curb cuts or talking elevators. They were unheard of. So over the years, there's definitely been progress. We still have a long way to go though, Ben, because accessibility means something different to everyone and cookie cutter solutions don't work. We need to look at the big picture and make accessibility the norm, not an afterthought. Exactly. Because so often many of the big companies that make objects like wheelchairs, crutches, walkers, they ultimately think that one size fits all. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Exactly. Now, you started Connect for Life in 2015, an organization designed to provide opportunities for individuals with disabilities, for individuals with whatever disability that they might have. Now, what was the goal with Connect for Life in the beginning? 
And as the years have gone on, how has that goal changed for you? Okay, that's great. So we started in 2014, but we launched our first broadcasting course in 2015. So we started off truly to be an organization that filled the gap to help individuals with disabilities not have difficulties like I did in accessing education and training opportunities to reach their goals. So again, making sure everybody had what they needed. And originally, we had our life skills program. We were had voices for ability radio, and that was it. We were learning about advocacy referrals, but I hadn't thought far enough into the future until 2015 with an accessible voice of broadcasting. And really, truly, what I realized is that many individuals with disabilities have great gifts and talents in the area of media, and they want to have a platform to have a voice. And this is why I investigated in finding out about broadcasting for individuals with disabilities and podcasting and learned that there was no program like it. So we started that. And from there, we evolved with Voices for Ability Radio. We evolved with our Connect for Wellness program, our introduction to public speaking. All these other programs started to sprout up, but there still was a gap because we were based in Peel. And then there was people in Toronto that needed our skills and services, but we were so small, we couldn't fill all those gaps. So until COVID actually came, when we went virtual, we were able to reach people far and wide like yourself, Ben, that's when the magic started to happen. So yes, we've been around for eight years, but really truly the last two years have been the biggest impact I feel for our charity. Well, I could certainly agree with you to an extent, because I think the entire pandemic, even though it's still going on to a lesser extent, I think during the crazy two years of COVID, it either made people or it made them find out what they really need to do to fix themselves. Because Mm -hmm. all that time in isolation could be good or a bad thing if you're in your own head for too long. Very, very true. <laughs> now, we've ha- you've had a lot of people come and go throughout the program in a lot of mm-hmm. different ways. Can you share some of your favorite success stories? Oh, there's, there's so many, but I will highlight a couple. Um, definitely, I, I have in my first class of 2015, I had so many great individuals that I met and learned from. But... Mark Brown, our chair of the board, went through the program and he traveled from far, far end of Scarborough to Mississauga every day, waking up at four or five in the morning to get there. And he just blossomed. He found himself as well as became very invested in charity to help others. And for him, he's okay with me sharing this, but he was going through some depression and some hard times that and we gave him a purpose. And just seeing him flourish has been great. That same class, we had Brock Richardson, who told me on the very first day that he was going to be a sports broadcaster, and that was it. (laughs) And that he was going to go to Rogers Communication and definitely do his internship with Bob McCown. And I said, just keep an open mind. And Brock did continue on with his dream, but he did his internship with us at Voices for Ability Radio. And so he started to host the Neutral Zone, a sports show. So he got part of his dream. And even Bob McCallan told him that if he went to Rogers, he'd be getting him coffee. So it was a great experience. And he's now working at AMI. So some two great successes, of course, John, our station manager, another great one. But 
in what band every client has success. Watching you go through the program and seeing your accomplishments and starting the podcast, everybody has something that they've succeeded at and it inspires me. And that's why I do the work I do. Yes, for our listeners who don't know, I am actually a graduate of the Accessible Voice for Broadcasting program, and that is an excellent program that lasted from, I believe, April till about August, where we would be doing, oh my goodness, the dates are slipping, but I believe it was maybe uh, three days a week, and it would be three-hour sessions of learning the ins and outs of broadcasting. What you're supposed to say, what you're not supposed to say, all the resources that you can use to either make money or to reach a variety of platforms with whatever content you're producing. And we will have a description or we will have the information in the description below so that you can check out the wonderful content that is being presented by Connect for Life. We'd also like to ask, Melanie, what other projects, because you mentioned uh, an accessible voice in broadcasting, a public speaking program, what other projects do you intend to do with Connect for Life in the future? Uh, with Connect for Life, we have just uh, launched last year our Connect for Wellness program, which focuses on mental health and well-being, which is so instrumental for individuals with disabilities and any of us. And so that was great. And we are now just putting together a Connect for Creativity 12-week program of different arts, from accessible yoga to visual art to writing and also... Uh, I'm not going to give the last one away, but imagine it's creative. <laughs> it's going to be a great new program that hopefully will be launching in the new year. So that's for Connect for Life, Ben. But there's so much else going on, if I may share. Oh, please. I just recently started a, a business, Gaining Vision. And this is where I'm carrying my work on from Connect for Life, but worldwide, to help people embrace inclusion, to see the benefits and values of hiring people with disabilities. Because we all know the gifts and talents that we have, if given the opportunity. So this is something that I've launched and I'll be moving, not moving, I'll be going to South Africa in January because that's one of my target markets. And it's really picked up and it's given me great opportunities to spread the message and the power of inclusion and the power of people with disabilities. Wow. Congratulations on the development of that. We would also like to point out that Melanie is also an author and has an excellent book that you can get on Amazon. Please, why don't you explain a little bit about that? Absolutely. My unforeseen journey, losing sight, gaining vision. Everybody had told me I should write a book, but I was like, I don't want it to be just about me. So I was able to work with a publisher so that I share my story, but I also have tangible takeaways for the audience so that they can find out how they can overcome unforeseen change in their lives. Let's face it, a breakup of a relationship, a death in the family, a loss of a job, or hmm, let me think, a pandemic, things that we don't have control over. But really, truly, we know how to cope with it, with these takeaways, because I didn't plan to be blind or have a stroke, but it happened, and I had a choice. Do I fight or give up? And everybody has that choice. Right. And... I can definitely say that you are a prime example of someone who chose to, even though you were not to your knees, you chose to get up and build something from the grassroots into something successful. So do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? I would just like to say that the possibilities are endless when you put your mind to something, whether you have a disability or not. 
your impact matters not only for yourself, but on people around you. You don't realize the influence and impact that you have on others. So take the time to discover what your passion is and reach for the stars because, as I mentioned, the possibilities are endless. And unfortunately, even though the possibilities are endless, unfortunately, our time here at this interview has come to an end. I'd like to thank my wonderful guest, Melanie Tadio Malo, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Sit Down Standout Show. Always remember, it takes physical strength to stand up, but inner strength to stand out from the rest. See you next time.